0: It's that time again for the assault on your ears we call Lord Dorks, a Star Trek Lord X podcast. Tonight, on our screens, is soft candlelight to read fine literature by. Joining myself and my ever-present co-host, Stavros, is Chris Finolio. He illustrates, he draws, he colors, but does he make julian fries? What does that mean? It's a type of Fry. It's Julian They're like those fries. really
1: thin ones, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Okay.
1: Anyway, to answer your question, no. No. <laughs> oh,
0: man. Well, then why are you here, man? <laughs> fries, damn it. <laughs> Welcome, Chris.
2: I think uh, you're here for a reason, I think.
0: Uh, allegedly. <laughs> and we're off to a good start. Oh, man, this is exactly what you told me not to do before the show started.
2: It's fine. Everything's fine. Let's talk okay. about what we're drinking. Yes. First off, let's talk about what we're actually doing this episode. It will make more sense when we get to the drink.
0: Yeah, should probably have context here.
2: Yeah, there really is. Uh, we are going to be talking about the Lower Decks comic miniseries from IDW. And to that end, uh, Aaron and I are drinking a novelty cocktail that we found online. Totally legit. It's called the Vampire Blood Cocktail. Um, it has vodka, grenadine, and ginger ale in it. Um, you put it all in a shaker and you mix it and you pour it into a glass. And uh, Chris, what are you drinking?
1: Just a glass of cheap red wine that I got at Trader Joe's.
2: The red wine also fits the vampire theme pretty good, which we'll get into.
1: I just wanted to go like color wise, like at yeah. least <laughs> something. I had a beer earlier, but it was like a, a Misfits beer, like novelty right. Misfits, like the band yeah. beer. I was like, "That's, that's not
0: gonna work." <laughs> You're probably so. smart not
2: to go with the uh, novelty cocktail, but
0: yeah. I guess, I guess, <laughs> in the comics too, they were drinking daiquiris, so we could have done that.
2: Oh yeah, that's true.
0: Or Draceries.
2: Opportunity lost.
0: <laughs>
2: but uh, you know what? Uh, this cocktail, you know what? Pretty good. The the grenadine gives it the blood red color, yeah, which is thematic, obviously. But I don't know why it says to to shake the ginger ale in the shaker. That was a mistake, but. uh... <laughs> Yeah, like, it tastes good. So.
0: I, I guess I skipped that step. I just poured it all into a drink oh. uh, or into a cup. And, you know, I'm pretty lazy as it is. So, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good, though. I mean, did either of you try it with the pennies.
1: The, the thing said add pennies. If you did, did you clean the pennies before you put them oh, in yeah. your
0: drink?
2: If you want to give it the coppery blood taste, yeah, you can always. No,
0: no, I'm not on then. board for that. I'm, I'm skipping the pennies. Sorry, guys. I, I, I don't like the taste of blood, you know? Not a fan.
2: Yeah. You don't want to simulate drinking blood, but that's crazy.
0: I mean, I guess it is crazy if you know you're a normal baseline human <laughs> over here doing things that normal non cannibals do.
2: Yeah, indeed.
1: That army hammer adds the pennies in every time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh, okay.
2: Anyway, should we talk about the uh, the comic in question here?
0: The comics. There's three of them. It's oh, a comic, issue yes. Limited the series, run. The
2: mini series, yes. The three issue run. Uh, but yeah, so a little bit of background here. Um, it's a three issue mini series uh, from IDW. Came out in September, October, and November 2022. Illustrated by by Chris. Thanks, Chris. That uh, I wa- I really like the fact that we have a Lower X comic to actually talk about. So you deserve all of the credit.
1: <laughs> I don't know about that, but I'm, uh, you know, I'm glad that they pinned me to do it.
2: Uh, tell us a little bit more about your portfolio. What are you? What do you know for? Obviously, you've done this, but you, you have a lot of stuff under your belt.
1: So, um, Lord X is probably the biggest thing I've done so far, and uh, but I've done um, a little bit of Star Wars stuff. IDW back when they had the license did the theaters uh, Castle series, so I did right. two of those issues. Uh, I've done two Goosebumps miniseries. Um, I did an X-Files Origins miniseries where it was like Mulder and Scully when they were 13. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so I, I did that book. Uh, and then I did a lo- Hello Neighbor. Uh, do you guys play video games at all?
3: Yes. Oh, yes. I,
1: I, I don't. So, uh, <laughs> But it's apparently an indie video game thing. And I did a graphic novel for that for Scholastic and you oh, know, nice. other little odds and ends, that, those things. But yeah, those are the big, like, heavy hitter ones, probably.
2: Nice. You've definitely done licensed work. The, the, the whole doing licensed work is not a – you're not a stranger to that.
1: No, no. I've done a, quite a bit of licensed work.
2: Awesome. Um, and then the comics were written uh, by Ryan North. Um, and that man – I was looking at his Wikipedia, and that man has done quite a lot of writing – yeah. He's done Dinosaur Comics, a webcomic. He's done Adventure Time, Marvel. He's written short stories and books. He has a lot of writing credits.
0: So so one little thing that that I noticed in your notes Stavros. Papers on computational yes. linguistics? <laughs> yeah, it, it's a diverse
2: portfolio. Jeez, yeah.
0: I mean, a little lot of our intellectual league right there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm the right guest. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, don't don't say that. It's good. Wait, is that something
1: Ryan wrote or something? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> yeah, dude, that totally tracks. But okay,
2: <laughs> maybe you should tell us a little bit about your relationship with Ryan, because you know, straight up, and we're gonna I, at least I don't know about Aaron, uh, but at least for myself, I pretty much never read comics. It's one of those like weird like nerd areas that i just never got into for whatever reason so i know practically nothing about comics i'm here for for lower decks i know aaron are you like a comic book kind of guy
0: um kind of like i've gone through off and on reading um cycles like i read comics was real young um i kind of got back into them when marvel was doing the uh Ultimate Marvel line when they first started that out uh, and that kind of got me back into it. I've always been a big fan of Warren Ellis as an author and so I've read a lot of his stuff but like I'm not one of these guys who's, you know, I can tell you every issue of, you know, Spider-Man or, you know, has collected every trade paperback of X-Men or whatever. I'm just like an all over the place kind of guy and I do more graphic novels than I do the actual weeklies.
2: Got it. So Chris, I mean, we, we are sort of noobs when it comes to this area. So do you want to tell us a little bit about how you got involved in your interactions with Ryan when it came to drawing up this comic? Yeah,
1: sure. So, um, I mean, the way that comics kind of work is that you're hired like Ryan didn't like reach out to me and be like, Hey, I don't know you, but let's work on a comic together. (laughs) Right. You're hired through an editor. Right. And so, I had worked with this editor, Heather, uh, where's my brain not working anymore? Uh, welcome to the show, anyway, Heather, and, <laughs> I know.
2: Heather God. Antos, is that her name?
1: Heather Antos. God, why yeah. is my brain not working right now? <laughs>
2: Heather Antos.
1: Uh, I worked with her on, uh, one of those star Wars comics and she kind of put out a, th- like we were friendly and I kind of knew her. Uh, a little bit but then like she put out a call on Twitter she was like is anybody want to work on Trek comics oh. so I like I want to work on Trek comics <laughs> I like Star Trek and so she was like oh okay great you know send me some samples and um I generally have like a pretty cartoony style which is why I've done so many kids things but you know I I tried to play it straight you know and I did samples of like Michael Burnham from Discovery and uh, Saru from Discovery and Picard and uh, Cisco, and I, like, they were a little more realistic than my normal stuff. And I like, sent them to her. She's like, "Oh, these are really great." And I was like, "Hey, uh, thanks. You know, if uh, you guys ever want to do a Lower Decks comic, because I was a big fan of Lower Decks or am a big fan of Lower Decks, if you guys ever want to do a Lower Decks comic? Can you please let me try out?" she was like, hey, uh, why don't you do a couple more samples for me? (laughs) And so I did Mariner and Boimler. And uh, if you want to see them, I think it's all on my Instagram somewhere. And then, yeah, like she was like, hey, uh, you know, I like this stuff. I'm going to, you know, kind of push for you to be the artist. And uh, by the way, the writer is uh, Ryan North. And I knew of Ryan because he's... He wrote a uh, squirrel girl for Marvel, which was like a really, really giant book. Right. And I was like, Oh my God, that's, that's actually like, that's bona fides. Like that's, that's a big deal. <laughs> and you know, it turned out that, uh, the licensors and Trek and everybody kind of signed off on it. And so that's kind of how I got involved. I'd been kind of campaigning for it for a while. Like there was a, there was an editor who had the Trek books before Heather and, like, Heather took over around after Season 2 came out or something. But, like, when Season 1 came out, I wrote this guy because I knew him from working on Goosebumps and stuff. And I was like, hey, if you guys ever do a Lower Decks comic, you know, I I don't imagine that you'll ever hire me for it. But let me try out. At least let me try out. And at the time, he was like, hey, uh, we're not really thinking about it or anything. Like, all right, fine. <laughs> and
2: like, Did you push it then? You know,
1: no, no, no. Usually, I take things at face value. Okay. Once you kind, of, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of like asking a lot just to do that, you know. But sure. I'm, I'm a little bit shameless when it comes to things <laughs> like this.
2: You got to be, yeah. Sometimes. Shoot so, for the moon,
1: man. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my whole thing is just like, well, I'll either get the gig or they'll, they'll never talk to me again, and you know, right. What have I got to lose? And <laughs> so. <laughs> But usually, like, editors are really cool. And, like, when you have friendly relations with them, as long as you're not, like, super pushy and annoying all the time, like, they'll generally give you, like, the benefit of the doubt. If you, like, just kind of show up and, you're like, hey, if you ever do this thing, let me try out or something, as long as you're not, like, insisting on it or something crazy, you know, messaging them every other day, right? Several times a day, every <laughs> hour or something.
2: Pushy, but not too pushy.
1: Yeah,
3: I mean there's nothing
1: wrong with asking. There is something wrong with uh harassing.
2: Right. <laughs> there's a fine line in there somewhere. It's only
0: wrong if you don't yeah, get some... your way. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, but yeah, so that's sort of how it happened and then uh you know, I, I got the 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 outline basically it, which is just like a one page like here's what's going to happen in the story, you know, this happens and this happens and it kind of outlines the whole the whole series. And just from the outline, I was just like, oh, this guy gets it. Like, he gets the series. <laughs> like, he gets the trekkiness of it. He gets, like, the the jokiness of it. Like, he just understands that tone. Right. Yeah,
0: because the, the tone was really spot on. Like, even in, like, the, like, dialogue writing, I mean, one of the things that, like, a lot of people don't talk about in writing is giving characters voices And you cannot read the dialogue he's written and not read it in the voice actor's voice. I mean, it's just, it's spot on, you know, just their their cadences, their, you know, method of speaking, the verbiage they use really was well put together. I was very surprised by that. But I mean,
1: even just Lower Decks in general, like one of the things that drew me to the show, like when I first saw the first promo or whatever, the first like little clip, like I was kind of like, meh, okay. It was the one where, like, at the beginning of episode one, where uh, Mariner yeah, sure. has the batlith and like chops into Mar- right. uh, Bornler's leg. I had the exact like, That's same okay, reaction, I guess. Yeah, I was like, it's fine. And Then, like, I saw the first episode and like the second, like the first couple episodes, and I was like, oh no, no, like <laughs> this is not like because I knew the people who were making it were somehow associated with like Rick and Morty and stuff, right. and I was just like, this is not cynical take on it they're not like making fun of people who like star trek like these people really like star trek and the show is very much a trek show oh yeah it's just they're cooking fun at some of the sillier elements which there's a lot (laughs) but like they're doing it in a way where it's not like cynical and it's you know there's a reverence to it like they're like this is really silly but it's okay you
2: know, it's canon, right? It's, it's 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 still in there, even though it's silly.
1: Well, it's like you know, like laughing at you versus laughing with you. Oh, sure. And I feel like the show is laughing with yes. you. There's oh, yeah. a lot of heart to it, too.
0: In the series, too, there's an underlying like Starfleet at its best feeling, right? Yeah, there's problems. Yeah, they're poking fun yeah. at things, but it's still like this idealistic view of the future, you know. It's not like oh these lower deck guys are the, yeah. you know, washed up slubs of the fleet. No, they're still these, you know, evolved humans trying to do their best. And I I really think that was fantastic. I went in expecting to hate this series and it's really it's yeah. my favorite of the modern Trek.
1: Yeah. And they all uh all of them really care and believe in what Starfleet sort of represents. And like they all like really care about each other. Like there's a depth to the characters that have just not been there. It could have been very easily turned into Family Guy run through a Star Trek filter. And it's not that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and that's kind of what I was expecting.
1: That was what I was expecting too. I was like, this is just going to be like a joke machine. And they're just yeah. going to be like.
2: It's that first ad that came out was really turned people off. and it, It's so funny. You're talking about I'm like, I had literally the same reaction. And now yeah, it's I think I think we're, we
0: all had that reaction to the initial, <laughs> yeah, initial ad campaigns. But it's one of those where I'm willing to bet that the, that ad campaign was not targeted at us. We were going to watch it no matter what uh, the advertising said. That's they could have put up Star Trek, lower decks. And it's like, you know, three minutes of a guy talking about, Nonsense while there's a picture of poop on the screen, and we're like, Well, it's Star Trek, so I'm gonna watch it anyways, but I'm not happy about it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I want to actually go into a little bit more detail about the art style, uh, that you know you use. So, I mean, as you mentioned, you've done a lot of you know license work before, but in this case, we're literally dealing with a property where the you know animation has a certain style on screen, and going through each of the issues, I mean, your art is to spot on with the uh, style that they use on the show. So how, like, how did that, how is that accomplished? What, what did that take?
1: I mean, a lot of it is just a lot of reference, a reference for kind of everything. Like I basically have the, you know, lower deck green cap websites sort of bookmarked everywhere. So if they, for example, if they call out a, um, like a specific location or something, go back and like be like oh okay i think they used that episode or something and right. for most licensed comics they'll send you like maybe a couple of shots of whatever characters you're gonna draw They're like okay well good luck,
2: good luck. <laughs> it's up to you
1: yeah it's up to you yeah but you know a lot of times like it's kind of run through like every artist has their own sort of style and it's kind of whatever you're drawing is sort of run through a you filter You know, like you guys know who Jim Lee is, right? For example, he doesn't draw the X-Men the same way that, you know, someone else would draw the X-Men. He draws Jim Lee's version of the X-Men, you know? And for a property like this, in my mind, I'm just like, well, it's already a really established style. It's not fair to the fans and also to the um, license for me to just be like, I want to draw this in Chris style, you know it's technically lower decks so what i really was trying to do is like get as much of that in the show as possible or in the book as possible so I, that included things like you know the the Le car screens behind the bridge behind uh shacks in the bridge have very specific layout so i rebuilt that in illustrator and would like pull that into shots um i Learned how to uh, make three D models because the way that the ships are shown in the show is they they turn into three D models and so like made three D models and like painted over them in order to try and get that look as close as possible and, you know things like that and the lower decks team was really great because they actually sent me a ton of stuff they sent me turnarounds for all the bridge crew and all the lower deckers they sent me a three um, D model of the Cerritos. And like pretty much anything that I ask for, I you know they'd be like, yeah, here's the assets we have for it, just so you can get the look right.
2: Cool. Yeah, I was gonna actually ask about the ships in particular because I I think if there's any, I don't want to say divergence, but if there's anything like a unique part of the art style, it's the exterior shots. So you know you've got the Cavanti planet and the exterior uh, shots of the ship, and uh, even the Cavanti sure. uh, ships and whatnot. Did you kind of have? I mean, you say you built you built 3D models to use. That seems like a, like quite an achievement because <laughs> they are pretty accurate.
1: Well, the Cerritos one was something that they gave me, but okay. the one that they gave me was so detailed that I couldn't import it into the program that I was using to draw to be able to really <laughs> use it. So right. I had to break it down a little bit in order to be able to use it. And so basically, what it was is like I'd import in the 3D model. And then from there, I would, like, convert it into lines and tones, basically, and then basically paint over top of it. So got it as close as I could, but, I mean, yeah, you're right. Like, it doesn't quite look like the show, because you have a whole team of animators, and I'm just one dude at my laptop. Honestly,
0: though, yeah, uh, from viewing the uh, artwork in the comics, it was always very, like, solid. Um, it's obviously not the animation from the show, but one of the things that I pick up a lot on when reading comics is that there are a lot of artists who, I don't want to say they're like lazy because there's so much that goes into putting a weekly comic together, but like there's tons of little details like use of lighting and direction and just, you know, subtle hints, right. Of tone changes that really like bring a scene to life. And I think especially with an art style, like you see in lower decks, it's very easy to just not put those details in. But that was one thing that I really enjoyed, is that uh, it is. It's very well illustrated, and even, like, little facial expression ch- changes. In my notes, I have one comment about Shax's face when uh, Captain Friedman tells him to unleash the beast. It's just fantastic. And there's Amazing. tons of stuff like that, like yeah. that scene at night where, you know, they're getting ready to burn the crew. You can see, like, the fire reflections off of their, you know, forms, and it's just... Really well done. And I always kind of wonder, you know, how much detail and how much instruction are you given when they're, you know, putting this story together?
1: In terms of the art stuff, not really that much. I mean, it it goes through different layers of approval. And so it'll go to my editor, obviously, who submits it to Trek, who will approve it. And then it goes to Mike McMahon, who is the showrunner for Lower Decks, who will also approve it. And there was like one or two little things that he kind of... I was like, yeah, this looks a little weird or something like that. But in general, they didn't really tell me to do much with it. It it was all kind of like me going back and rewatching episodes and looking at the screen caps and just kind of being like, "Okay, well, when they lit this thing, it's kind of similar to this. And this is how they did it. So I'm going to try and do it like that. That sort of stuff.
0: So that then leads into, you know, my first grilling here uh, for you. (laughs) Oh. Why the TOS Catullan ship and not the TOS remastered one?
1: Catullan ship, the the space yeah, piece.
0: Is right? in, in the original release it was just that modified Tholian ship. But in the remastered it's actually its own ship design. Oh god.
1: Um well, I I mean, I'll be honest, I
0: uh admit it, you didn't know there was a remastered version.
2: <laughs> I did know but that did actually. Know. <laughs>
1: No, so, so ryan includes sometimes when it's something specific like that i've watched a lot of star Trek. i've watched like all of tng all of voyager all of ds9 all of enterprise you know everything up to date except for the original series i haven't seen all the episodes of the original series because it's just really hard to go backwards sometimes the original
0: series is very rough there's like four seasons yeah and maybe two episodes a season that are real high quality
1: (laughs) yeah like there's some really great stuff in there and then there's ones where they're like we're gonna go to a planet full of gangsters and i'm like hmm (laughs) this kind of reeks of like we didn't have the budget to make aliens this week, (laughs)
2: reuse the props from two studios down or whatever
1: yeah whatever it is (laughs) but so i did know that there was a remastered version i um I did the best that I could to look it up. I looked on a, there's a website called like Trek core or something like that, which is like basically a Star Trek wiki. Mm -hmm. And I think they had a version of it, but if I remember correctly, it wrote, it actually said in the script, this is their ship. I think he included a picture of it or something, but updated slightly because it's, it's in the 24th century versus, you know, during Kirk times. (laughs) <laughs> so that's why i it looks a little bit different i was like well they might be hippies but you know maybe they're slightly staying on top of they're not amish they're slightly on top of the technology
2: are are some of the characters like straight up pulled from the uh original series episode like there's the the blonde lady with the side tail that looks very familiar yep.
1: But all of them. And that's actually in the script too. He's like, these <laughs> are the sons and daughters yeah. of the people that went on the Enterprise. Of course they are. <laughs> and I think that was mostly done, to make them recognizable.
2: Yeah. Oh, uh, makes sense.
1: You know, cause he could have just been like, these are the Tholians and no one's going to really know what he's talking about. Sure. You know, but if he like made them look like those, well, I made them look like that. If he told me to make them look like those people, <laughs> um, <laughs> Then readers will look at it and be like, "Oh yeah, I remember that episode. I saw it once." <laughs> right, something like that.
2: You know, I'm going to get a little off topic here, even though it's my job to keep us on track. But speaking of Catalans,
0: oh no, your fan theory. Times.
2: This is my theory that got torpedoed. Yeah, I got torpedoed because it. it was
0: dumb, <laughs> dumb. <laughs>
2: you know, just to clue you in, Chris. So the only one of the only canon races that has purple hair is one of the Catalans. So I had a theory going for a while that Boimler was actually partially Catullan. but you know at this point Boimler's called himself human and Katalins have straight up shown up in the comic. So oh. I just you know was feeling a little sad that the my whole Katalin theory and got torpedoed. So. Well,
1: one he's from Adesto. Yeah, well he could still Two, be part Catullan. In season three he talks about like there's a there's a. Like off-the-cuff comment where he talks about
0: having purple hair yes. dye.
2: I know. Hey, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's, you it's all torpedo. Stavros medicine. was
0: just broken, man. When that, when that happened, <laughs> it was just it was over for him. He get out of bed for weeks, crying all the I time. I know.
2: It was really sad. Rage tweeting Mike McMahon, asking him what was going on, and no reply. And... No, so I didn't, didn't do, do that. The
1: cure on repeat.
2: I'm, I'm still <laughs> holding out
0: hope, though, that Boimler dyes his hair from one shade of purple to another. That's That's my hope. <laughs>
2: Anyway, Anyways. back to art for a second. <laughs> I really wanted to talk about the uh, the tease of the cover art on issue two with Boimler, back to Boimler, uh, him being the uh, vampire lord there on issue two, which never, which doesn't happen. Boimler's uh, completely fine through the entire, not to get too far ahead of ourselves because we are going to talk about the plot, but, you know, just a bit of a tease there on the uh, issue two uh, cover.
0: Well, I mean... I don't think it's that far off the mark, the cover. I mean.
2: Are you saying like he metaphorically drains the the crew of his blood or or something like that?
0: I mean. I don't know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel like, I don't know, what's your, did you go in there saying like, I'm going to, you know, I I got a trick to pull here? Or what was your, what was your MO going into that art?
1: No, I just need to sell a book.
2: That's that's too easy. It was, it's a good it answer. Just
1: like a striking image that kind of came to my head, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh yeah." Well, part of it was like, again, I read the script and the uh, the outline and stuff. So the way that comics work is you do the covers usually before you get the script in, because just because of ordering and all these other bureaucratic dumb things that you know aren't really interesting in a podcast form, but. <laughs> okay. But before I started issue two, I had already done that cover, like several weeks ahead. Mm. And I knew the story that was, and I knew that Boimler was going to become really uh, enamored with Dracula and the cape joke, which is by far my favorite joke in the entire series, by the way. That's good. I knew that was going in. And so I was like, okay, well, this is how we can kind of sell it is like, make it kind of spooky Boimler wearing a cape or, you know, becoming (laughs) a vampire and wearing a cape. And the other thing is that issue came out in October, if I remember correctly. So it has a bit of a Halloween theme to it.
2: Ah, I mean, there is Dracula. So I feel like the entire Mm -hmm. miniseries could arguably be Halloween, but yeah, I could definitely see that.
1: There was another cover thumbnail I did. I tweeted it out a while ago, but it was like basically Mariner drinking Boimler's blood. Like she was the okay. vampire and he was like the victim. Okay. That was another, another thought. Like I just kind of had to work in vampire in there somehow and make it somehow compelling right. where somebody would walk by it on the shelf and be like, wow, what is this? So, that makes sense. What
0: you're saying you're that doing this so for money. How dare you?
1: <laughs> I know. So disappointed. Uh, <laughs>
0: I've capitalists.
2: I know.
1: Deep inside all of us, there's a little bit of Ferengi, all right?
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little, a little vampire. Sell, you know, buys food and pays for rent. You know what? I think it's okay.
1: So one of the things that they did is um, in the last issue, like the very last. It, it's not a stinger. It's just like a joke page at the end. They put Badgie in the chair. Yes, yes I was going to talk about that. <laughs> like they basically took out Boimler and put Badgie in the chair. And they sent it to me, and I was like, "This is hysterical." Boimler has to be in the bodies.
2: Yeah, I saw and him so, get at it. That was amazing.
1: And so I went back in, added Boimler, and sent it back to them. And I was like, "Here, it, he has to be in there."
2: So, <laughs> so somebody, another artist somewhere, put in Badgy, and you and you stuck Boimler back in there. Is yeah, that that went down?
1: I don't, I don't know who it was. I, I think it was someone on their design team. So IDW, which is uh, the company that publishes it the Lower Decks comics, they have their own... Usually, in comics, you will subcontract in a letterer, but they have their own lettering department, and they're the same people who do like the layouts of the books and stuff and get it ready for print and yeah. things like that. And I think somebody in their office did it and went uncredited for it. I offered to redraw Badgie, but I was like, I mean, it, it looks fine. It looks good, yeah. It looks great, yeah. yeah. So, like, there's no reason for me the only reason i would do this is out of pride and like i'm just not that cool <laughs>
2: <laughs> no it's it's probably by it's the most striking art i think i would say of the entire miniseries so the badgie in particular like a little bit like oh, the yeah. Boimler on the chair a little bit goofy it's funny but also you know he's a vampire but like badgie on there i was like Ooh, this is a little too I'm, too I'm too so too glad too. that I did
1: not draw the most striking art in the
2: entire... <laughs> entire. You did, you did uh, 95%. Making him down
1: a notch, Stavros. <laughs> 90 pages and three covers
2: for this thing. Uh, <laughs> you did 95% of the art. Don't don't uh, sell yourself short there. That's good.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm happy i happy you agreed to
0: this. Oh, Where'd to go, Stavros.
2: <laughs> oh, sad. I know, I did it.
1: No, this is going to be just like a pride assassination. <laughs> Confidence assassination. That's
2: right.
0: I mean, if we're talking about uh, art direction decisions, whose decision was it to bring back the scant? Mine. Yeah, there you go.
1: Uh, so that was like, I guess that, uh, I forget the name. I'm sorry. The name of that nurse.
2: Tanowski, I think is it? Tanowski,
1: something like that, yeah. I guess they mention it off the cuff in the series. Like the actual show, and Ryan was like, "Well, you know, why don't we actually show this person on screen or on on in the comic, and then maybe it, it, he can migrate into the into the show someday or something." I don't know. I, I literally have no idea what's going on with the show. Like they don't tell me anything. But and I was like, "Oh, okay." So I basically get to design a character, and I was like thinking about it, and I was like, "No." why don't we really just bring back a scant? Like, I mean, that feels like it's super in, in the tone for, for lower decks to just have someone in a Yeah, scant. I think
0: they referenced the scant in lower decks too. I, think but I so can't too. remember where it was.
1: I think it was when it was like episode two. Again, I've rewatched all these like a million times when they're, they're taking the, the, amb- the Klingon ambassador to that meeting or whatever. And Boimler is like all dressed up and he's like in a scant uniform. He's like, scants are cool or whatever it is. I right. think that's oh it, right? God, that
0: might be
2: it. Sounds familiar. It's got to be in there. Yeah. He's wearing like the early TNG uh, dress uniform, but yeah. But
1: he's wearing like, yeah, the dre- the TNG dress scants. He's not right. wearing like the TNG like background dude just walking through the scene scants. Yes. Right. And I was like, no, I want to bring back the scant scants. I want to bring back the, the you know, crewman scants. And so I was like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll put it in there. Why not? And, you know, <laughs> especially like Discovery and stuff has been exploring new ideas and like gender identity and things like that. And I was like, Why not? let's throw it in there. It sounds good.
2: So Really great inclusion. And uh, which begs the question, is this, uh, is the Lower Decks, uh, scant uniform now canon
0: Uh, in Star Trek none of the uh, expanded material has ever been canon
1: I mean technically I think this is all supposed to be canon will they use my design I couldn't tell you
0: to be fair though there's only so many things you can do with a scant
1: yeah (laughs) and I mean I think the the video games like the computer game or something you were able to like play like put your character in a scant if you wanted to way before i did this so i don't know i wouldn't be given too much credit but i was just like it'd be fun to have someone in a scant because star trek the next generation came out in what 87 or something and like it was like the first two episodes or something they just had dudes in the background in scants before they were like no we can't do this we can't do this like (laughs) Man, times have to be
0: fair, the scants just kind of went away altogether. Like, nobody was wearing them most of the time except Troy.
1: I think, yeah, they, they brought Troy in. But they were like, it wasn't women wearing the scants. It was, it was, like, dudes, it was yeah. dudes wearing the scants. That's right. And I was like, no, they're trying to explore something, but I, I feel like someone got cold feet. No one was just like, "We cannot do this on network television." <laughs> they're probably right. for 1987, but I yeah. mean, it's 2023. Well, 2022 when I was doing it, but you now we can do that now. It's cool.
2: Yeah, gotta gotta see the uh, the animated version of Tanowski. I think I think it has yeah, to happen. Bring him in. We'll start some kind of petition or online petition.
1: I will. Um, yeah, this is me holding my breath. It happen, Stavros.
2: Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make it happen. Um, but speaking of like little fun fun details, um, I I hope it's intentional when Tanowski like well Ransom's like get out of here Tanowski I'm fine and like Tanowski's like all salty walking away from Ransom. One of my favorite little details of the of the entire oh, series.
1: I don't remember if that was in the script or not, but I figured he'd be upset. <laughs> Either way, I figured Tanowski would be annoyed by that. He's there to right? help,
2: right? Like, ah. what the what the heck, man? He's just trying yeah. to teal your bruise. Anyway, shall we jump into the plot discussion? Are are we going to discuss the plot? Is uh, that what we're doing? I think so. I think uh, you know there's a story. We should probably talk about it.
0: Okay. Well, tell us all about it, Severus. As we all know, I'm illiterate. I just like the pictures.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I haven't Uh,
1: read it. uh, Okay.
2: Well, you know what? Now I get to fill you in because uh, when we do this show for uh, for the for the TV show, I will give a little plot synopsis so you can actually help uh, critique my my summary here. Okay, uh, So here goes. Uh, when the Cerritos is ordered to make second contact that are on the remote planet of Cavanti, things get complicated when the away team makes contact with the wrong sect. Meanwhile, Cavanti's unusual atmospheric disturbances cause a classic holodeck kerfuffle when the Warp Core 4 War accidentally make a public domain Dracula sentient. Both are resolved when Dracula is revealed to not be a bad guy, and he helps expose the Cavanti plot to manipulate their way into keeping Federation membership.
1: Yeah. It's missing, like, some big stuff, but yeah. (laughs) Well,
0: it's it's supposed to be a quick, paragraph-long synopsis. (laughs) No, I gotta say, I love the plot of the sentient holodeck character, and he's just kind of chill, right? Like, wait.
2: Yeah. He's fine. fine. And I love the reveal
0: that there's a whole, like, school for sentient holodeck characters. (laughs)
2: Which is uh, also not camera. By get the way, to see
0: that again. I'm gonna be very displeased.
1: <laughs> I I was writing uh, Ryan about something in uh, something else, and I was like, please don't make me draw. Because at one point they talk about like Sherlock Holmes kissing a cthulhu. What, you or something. don't want to like, draw please
0: that, please. man? That would be all. Like, hey, what <laughs> well, are we doing this scene? Hey, I know it says this is just gets referenced, but can I draw a full page splash? Come on, man.
2: I was like, please don't make me draw this. It's out there. It's already out there. This, this comic's been out for a month. Someone's drawn it for sure. I,
1: I was just like, I there's no way I'm going to do that justice. To whatever is in your head right now, whatever you're thinking that looks like, it's not good. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> um, that that, I mean yeah that whole Dracula storyline like when I was talking about earlier like understanding the tone of the show like that's really what kind of got me into it is I was like it would have been very easy to just make Dracula a bad guy and like they have to you know bang bang shoot him up or do whatever to get rid of him but that's not how they resolve it like they resolve it in a way that's actually kind of pathetic and thoughtful and I was like no that's that's Star Trek right there. That's that's why I like the show. Like,
0: although I do wonder why why does holographic Dracula need real blood? W- wouldn't he need like holographic blood?
2: <laughs> well, first they replicate yeah. blood, right? And then well, he because it tastes blood.
0: better, right?
1: <laughs> he doesn't need it. It just tastes yeah. better. Yeah, ah. so he wants it. And then like they were like, well, we can just take that out. Like he doesn't have to have blood at all. He's a hologram. You just say, hey. We'll just take that bit of your program out. But he was like, no, I want it in. I want to be a vampire. You don't understand. A core piece of
0: my identity is that I drink blood. You can't change it without changing me.
1: (laughs) And then they were like, but rather than treating that like, you know, he's a bad guy who's trying to kill everyone. They treat it like it's a medical condition and we have a way to be able to. I also love
0: his creepy talking about (laughs) how good Tendy's blood tastes. Oh, man. (laughs) It's all right. (laughs) There's such fantastic writing on that part. Very creepy.
1: I was not in the room for that one.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, um. Let's see. I mean, I think the key part of the plot is the uh, so-called Federation do-over, which I love that it has that name now. Um, and it completely makes sense that, uh, that it's it, because it is a recurring, you know, plot in Star Trek is giving people a second chance. And it, the fact that it works so well and that <laughs> Dracula is turned around so quickly is amazing.
1: Again, that's all Ryan. <laughs>
0: so, I do <did> wonder though, <laughs> who was the uh, impetus behind the more Vincent Price style Dracula versus the other portrayals we've seen? I don't remember.
1: I think I was kind of thinking like Bella Lugosi Dracula. Oh, yeah, or something Bella Lugosi. Like that.
0: Yeah, I see that.
1: Because I think it said something about like kind of the Hollywood movie version oh, okay. of him or something, but. I don't know. I wanted him to be something, because again, like in the story, he turns out to be like this kind of okay dude. And if I made him look like Nosferatu or something, like that's going to be a little strange. It would have like been I, hilarious
0: I, is what it would have been.
1: <laughs> you know, it's just like, that's a very specific look and it's hard to make him go through all the emotions yeah. and emote the way that like a more regular looking Dracula would look. You know, by regular, I mean, like, a more human-looking Dracula would look. There's points in that series where he's not just, you know, angry or scary or something. Like, he's actually, like, kind of self-conscious. And he's actually, like, worried about things. And he feels, you know, regret and all these other things. And I I just don't think I could make that really come across. The
0: monstrous friend, you know, the friendly monster gag is, you know, it's it's a good gag, but it's hard to sustain as a part of a story where your monster is a main character.
1: Yeah, and I just I'm just thinking of the uh, visuals of it like And that's what I mean. I just
0: felt like from a visual yeah, standpoint.
1: Yeah, I just felt like it was a more empathetic version of him. Yeah. It, it was something that you could kind of look at and be like, "When Dracula's sad," you're like, "Oh, Dracula's sad," you know, rather than just being like, "Wow, he looks really weird."
2: Yeah, it fits the story, I think.
1: And plus he needed the cape, too. Yes, the cape. Uh. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we need to talk talk about the cape.
2: (laughs) I think we really do. (laughs) Is it, uh, I mean, I assume intentional because the cape, the cape is its own emotion, uh, emoting machine in a lot of the Dracula scenes. It's clear that like the Boimler cape is different than the Dracula cape, right? Like that was a conscious decision to kind of make it more pronounced, more accented with Boimler. Um sure, Am I totally misreading
1: you? <laughs> I mean, I wanted the capes to be the same, the same cape, but I think what you're reacting to is just like Dracula wears a cape every day to him, it's not a novelty, it's just the style of the time, and he's just like, oh, yeah, I'm wearing a cape to Boimler. it's brand new this is a brand new right you know, this is a brand new car to him, and he's just like showing it off every chance that he gets, and so that's sort of the joke is just like super like this this new accessory that he's kind of building his identity around or rebuilding his identity around is just so ridiculous uh, but he doesn't see that it's ridiculous so he's just kind of showing it off and like being really extravagant with it in terms of like design i just wanted them to be the same cape <laughs>
2: I was thinking it it had to like I felt like the I don't know if you call it a collar or the the part that comes up around we'll the call it a collar because I collar. have no idea what it's, it's called color. <laughs> <laughs> that part of the cape it felt like it went higher on Boimler's head than Dracula but it could just be. The fact that it looks that he is kind of really You know, if you spot and,
1: other inconsistencies in my art, can you just kind of keep them to yourself?
2: Because... <laughs> hey, I was here thinking it was uh he purposefully replicated. Yes, a yes cape that, movie, is,
1: that is exactly color, so what happened. Maybe
2: we'll go with that. that.
1: exactly what happened.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my real question is, when you got the script and there was a whole bit about, you know, Boimler, you know, getting a cape of his own. Was there a moment where you're just like, ah, son of a bitch, now I have to draw two capes?
1: No, no. The joke was so good. I was just like, I loved every second drawing those pages. <laughs> I, I uh, sometimes when so- it's very rare that I like laugh when I'm like reading scripts and stuff. But that joke to me was just so good, and the fact that he, from the second he puts it on, he has it until the very last page, and the way that he takes it up, takes it off, the way that he ends up like ditching it. It's just perfect. It's like so in character and it's so funny. I don't know. It's just like my favorite joke in the entire thing.
2: <laughs> yeah, I like how big captain has to call him out on it. That was the, uh, yeah. I, I thought for sh- he was for sure going to work it into like work like a, like a religious exemption or something into the uniform just so he could wear it the whole time. No, but
1: that's but... not Boimler though. Boimler like, <laughs> That's true. Character. He lives and dies by what, what, you know, the bridge crew and the captain says. And so if the captain <laughs> lightly ribs him about wearing a cape, he's just going to be like, I'm taking it yep. off right now.
0: I love how like <laughs> browbeaten he is in that scene. It's just fantastic.
1: <laughs> it's, I mean, to Carol, it was just like, oh, that's cute. You have a cape. And to him, he's just like mortified now. And I'm just like, oh, it's so perfect. That's so good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's really great. I feel like Boimler, I mean, going off on a whole Boimler tangent at the the moment but like Boimler is so key to the entire plot just by in that one or two panels in I think issue three where he just completely diffuses the entire plot by just being like yeah you know you want some blood okay and like that's that's how he diffuses the entire plot is amazing yeah
1: and again that's like a that's like a star like i feel like if starfleet were real that is a solution they would come up for come up with for <laughs> dracula they'd be like oh he just he just needs blood well we can give yeah. him blood and we'll just take it out of our veins and just give it to blood. him that's we not got a problem blood yeah. <laughs> there's like 600 people on the ship i mean we all give a little bit he has yeah. a lot not a problem you know
2: yeah he doesn't need to do the actual biting. The whole biting thing is completely—it's superfluous. Yeah. It
0: just still bothers important. me that yeah. Hollow Dracula needs real blood. <laughs> 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 We've
2: been yeah. over this. It tastes better.
0: Doesn't need it. <laughs> he wants it. Craves it. That's yeah,
2: funny. he wants it. Yeah.
0: But you know what? I guess that's what happens when you have a <laughs> near sentient AI computer core doing random things with your holodeck characters.
2: That's true. I want to go back to the Cavanti plot for a second, though. So as I very, Chris, as you pointed out, very briefly and (laughs) uh, generally went over the plot for the Cavanti, I want to ask you guys, and you know, maybe this more for Aaron because he's just reading it for the first time, like me. Like, do you feel like the Cavanti ruse would have worked if they had successfully destroyed the Cerritos? Like, so their plot again was to you know destroy the Cerritos and pretend that the uh, they you know got destroyed in the atmosphere and what have you.
0: Plot line is that. Starfleet would have sent another ship and they would have investigated what happened to the Cerritos. And there's going to be evidence. You can't blow up a ship and yeah. then say, oh yeah, atmospheric conditions. Like, that's not how that works. <laughs> yeah, There's weapons and...
1: Well, I mean, two things on that. One of them is like, the, the conceit is that the Cavanti are actually for, more technologically advanced than the Starfleet in certain yeah. regards. So... We don't know how their weapon system functions. In fact, at one point they say something about like their shields and it's like, well, this is like someone who had never seen how shields work, like building it or something. So basically like, we don't know how their weapon system functions. It could very well function more similar to their atmosphere. Hmm. And, you know, I feel like they would be smart enough to kind of plant evidence to make it and it'll look like, oh, the atmosphere blew them up. Something like that. I don't know. I feel like it could have worked. Especially if people didn't, if Starfleet didn't look too deep into it. Kind of uh, took the quarantine at their word. I feel
0: like eventually there would have been a plot on another series where, like, you know, another ship shows up after they've established them as a Federation member and discovers their dark secret. Like, it's an inevitability. There's too much info that it's happening. Yeah.
1: But what happens from that point depends on what series you're going off of. If you're going off of next generation, like there's punishment for the Cavanti and some sort of
0: um or like reintegration of the two cultures or something
1: something like that, or they're just gonna you know somehow Starfleet is going to reprimand Cavantte because that's just the way that show works. But if you do it from deep space nine point of point of view they're going to be like, well, we got these really great weapons and now we're beating the crap out of the Romulans, so... Ends justify the means, I guess? <laughs> yep.
0: And then you, you know? get uh, yeah. Avery Books monologuing about how he can live with it.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking that.
0: <laughs> or uh, well, you could get the TOS method, where they just show up, upend their entire culture, and then leave and never come back.
2: <laughs> you know, look, at this point, Lower Decks has made fun of that. Oh, I guess that was TNG, uh... Making fun of that, or that, that did that in Florida. Most of the of
0: series do that at some point. Completely,
2: yeah. Be like, you guys are fine now. Goodbye. Maybe Never we should back. start
0: worshiping the computer again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's completely plausible. Ah. So speaking of the Cavanti, uh, you know, we see, we we do see the Gentoa. I think is how you pronounce Something it. Like is that. that the right, sure.
3: Chris?
2: Gentoa. Um, so they have the uh, a castle show up in one of your panels. And Aaron is a little bit of a of a uh, armchair right. castle buff. So. You didn't tell me
1: the castle was wrong?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Uh well why don't you Chris, do you have any uh, it's what was the inspiration for that castle? And maybe Aaron, you can You guys are really ju- getting in the weeds, in aren't you?
1: Okay. Uh, so um for anyone listening who hasn't read this, the castle appears in one panel and is immediately discarded afterwards. so uh sure uh i don't know i looked up pictures of castles and i was like oh that looks good okay sure and like kind of
2: castles a castle i
1: just kind of grabbed elements that i kind of liked from different castles and i was like all right well this is a castle now i don't know this is a real deep dive into my drawing process i look at pictures (laughs) and then take elements from those pictures and then put them into my drawings (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's when they first land on the planet, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's just, it's a castle. It's in one bit. I'm not going to go into castle architecture or why the castle is wrong or what the problems with it are.
1: Really? I'
0: really that's Stavros' job.
1: You have no idea how much I appreciate you not It's me literally how long just generic
0: castle architecture, you know. <laughs> that's that's um,
1: literally it. I was just It's like...
0: literally no worse than the castle designs on um, Game of Thrones.
1: I swear like if you just fed the word castle into like one of those new AI like art things like you'd probably get something more accurate (laughs) than what I drew. but I was just like I need a castle so this is a castle it looks like a castle you can look at it identify it as a castle it's a a, yeah it needs to look like a castle castle. and it did
2: did so mission accomplished I hope
1: I hope it served its purpose (laughs) being a castle
2: (laughs) yeah and so it did so it did. Going back to to Dracula though for a second. I do want to was the whole uh, Dr- uh Dracula's Throne looking like the Barclay machine from the next gen episode something that you came up with yes. or was that direction coming from Ryan? No,
1: that was in that was from Ryan. Ryan wrote that in there.
2: Did you have to really study that episode to make it to replicate it? Yeah. So so like you can find
1: screen caps for a lot of these shows online and it's just like some nerd who just doesn't have much of a social life, I assume, <laughs> going through the Blu-rays and just, like, you know, every second, like, taking a picture and, like, putting it online. So, yeah, I found that episode and just, like, every every shot I could get of that thing, I grabbed it and tried to make it uh, – it's it's a little bit off. But, I mean, it's enough to where, like, you look at it and you're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's pretty obvious day. to me
0: when it, totally. when it came yeah. up, what I was looking but
1: what, at. What so. kind of struck me? Good job. It's just like the castle. It just needed to be Barclay's throne. It didn't have to be perfect. It just had to be identifiable. Obviously. What kind of struck me about like looking at that reference is like how cheap some of the sets on, uh, next gen are like, you can kind of see, it's just like, it's like fluorescent tape under a black (laughs) light. am just like, Oh, I thought this was a lot more put together. I can make this. (laughs) I can do this in my garage. It's
2: early nineties sci-fi sets, man. It's, uh, That's how how they rolled.
0: I think a part of why, like, everybody's like, oh, you know, your memory plays tricks on you. But I also think it's like, we were watching this stuff on low-res TVs, right? Like, it's like when you go back and play, like, Nintendo games on modern TVs, just how terrible they look. But back in the day, all the TVs were blurry, so you could get away (laughs) with that sort of thing.
1: So I read a thing where like the set designer you know how all the doors yeah. have like
0: little markings and like
1: words on it and stuff? You're would not like supposed to be able to jokes see and them. stuff in there because yep. he was like the resolution's so bad, no one's ever gonna be able to read it. Right. And uh, you know, come um, forty years later, he didn't know some nerds were gonna <laughs> upscale, like yeah. yeah, just like stare at the at the <laughs> stupid uh, laser discs for hours on
0: end. <laughs> Well, it's also one of those weird things where, like, you've watched something, like, two or three times, and, like, you know, on, like, the third watch, all of a sudden, you're like, what the hell is that? And you stop it. And you're like, okay, I'm going to zoom in on this. You know, I think that is how a lot of this stuff gets found.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, like, some of it is just... so. Not to move over to Star Wars on a Star Trek podcast, but you know that that shot in the in original New Hope where like this the stormtrooper is walking through the door and like bumps his head on the door. Oh yeah, I probably watched that. I probably watched that movie thirty times before I saw that. <laughs> never saw it until someone yeah. was like, "Oh yeah, Stormtrooper bumps his head on the door." And then I was like, "Looking for it." And I was like, "Oh my god, he really does." <laughs>
0: well, that's it because you're you're focused on the action of the scene, right? And the action of the scene is Han Solo running away. Yeah. And it's just it's real quick and it just happens and it's done. But I think that's with like any IP that, you know, you produce wow. enough stuff. It's funny, I have a buddy who works in marketing and he's always going on about uh Oh no, everything is planned. Everything happens for a reason in these productions. They put so much time and so much money, and I'm like, dude, no, no. Everything is so complicated, stuff just slips through sometimes. The stormtrooper hitting his head was not planned. Yeah. (laughs) No, and
1: it's just, I mean, I don't have this experience on a movie end, but like, on a drawing and making a comic and I mean sometimes you're just pressed for time and you know you just forget something or, or like something sneaks its way in and you're like oh I forgot to delete that out or I forgot to add the pips to this guy or I forgot this that or the other thing
0: or it's like there's some you know, it, minor it flaw in your artwork and you know you're you're moving through it so quickly and you get it out and you're looking at it from a distance and it looks fine and then as soon as it goes to publish is all you can see is that one mistake you made.
1: Or we you're like on a podcast and someone's like, yeah, is there a reason why the collar on, on Warner's cape was higher than yeah, I know. But <laughs> you know,
0: some podcasters are just assholes. You just got to take it, you know, yeah. it comes with the territory.
1: Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, man, there's a reason I wanted to go to sleep that night. <laughs> Didn't want to fix like twelve panels of, of the stupid things so I just went I just was like that's good enough no one's gonna hey, know you know it. what
2: when the when the inconsistency makes for a better experience I think we can all take that as a win. Let's just put that out yeah. there.
1: But anyway it's <laughs> it's because Boimler was really happy with this cape and ordered it like replicated it a little
3: bit. Yeah, I actually I'm large.
0: gonna come up with a different theory and that is that uh <laughs> having pulled the comic back up I don't think Stavros knows what he's talking about. Really? Those collars are like the same width, or the same height. The only reason you think they're different in some scenes is because their angle they're showing the characters from.
1: Oh. Sure, that can, you know what, that can be right too. Maybe it's
2: like the Dracula hair tune. I don't know, we're going to go down to eight. Although if we're talking about capes, I love
0: the fact that baby Dracula in the uh, Hall of Pictures is wearing a cape.
1: You're welcome for that one. I love it. Yeah, because he, I think some, I think in the outline, talks. uh, Ryan talked about Dracula turning into a. Oh no, no, no! no. It was issue two already. Yep. When he turns into the bat, he's still wearing the cape, right? And I'm just like, he's always wearing the cape. Yeah. It doesn't matter. (laughs) He always has the cape.
0: So, was the Hall of Pictures? Were those pictures something from the script, or did they just be like, yeah, create a bunch of pictures of the life of Dracula?
1: He wrote a couple of them in, but most of them were okay. me. Like he wrote, like, oh, the, he's attacking the Borg, and like one or two other ones. He wrote one where it was like Dracula and Khan fighting. I didn't end up drawing because I was like, oh god, dude, I want to go <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> But like, you have to like all the chest detail on the Khan. That'd be tough. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I think the the Drac- the Mariner Boimler one with the baby Dracula was me. The penguin one was me. What is the
0: deal with the penguin one? What is that a, Is that a reference to yeah, something? Yeah, what's going on there? I'm glad you drew this, because I really want to know. <laughs> I've like been in the weeds on this since I saw it.
1: So the editor, Heather, famously loves penguins. And so any chance I get, I'll sneak a penguin into something that I'm drawing for uh, her, because she just freaking loves it's penguins. It's good for your career. Uh, sure. It's just, <laughs> I think it's funny. <laughs> I just think it's really funny to put penguins
2: and stuff. I don't know. They're ridiculous. They're awesome.
0: <laughs> I love that he's doing the whole, like, Lion King presenting the penguin scene.
2: Yeah, is the Lion King reference intentional
0: there? Uh, of course. <laughs> just of course. I just, I just really I hope it. people have that same reaction, like,
1: why the penguins? <laughs> and just never get an answer. I hope they never listen to this and they just never get an answer to it. Never know. And every time they reread it, they're just like, I still, I still get the penguins thing and they're like rewatching Star Trek and just like, there's no penguins in Star Trek. Why does he put the penguins in me?
0: <laughs> completely lost. Uh, maybe it'll be something that'll get picked up, you know, and yeah. it'll become a part of the uh, Star Trek uh, design theme where there's always a penguin somewhere.
1: Yeah. It'd be I mean, like the rubber duck room. Anyway, to get back on track, uh, a lot of that stuff was my my choice. And then... I think they said something about, I think Ryan put in the script something about like a portrait of Dracula in the back, but I decided to like, it's not paint paint, but you know, like digitally paint it versus like making it look like everything else. Cause I just thought it was funny. Cause like that, yeah. this guy would have like a really hyper detailed version of himself in, in the background. He is not, <laughs> he doesn't look like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then great. i think at the end of issue two they published like the full full image of it so
2: you're getting stuck on uh stuck on more details and i may just be digging myself a deeper hole here but you know what i'm going for it is the uh the baby dracula uh and Aaron and i were talking about this uh before the show is the is the dracula hair there supposed to be a tint of purple or is that just a uh, just a detail of how the the colors turned out like is it is there some boimbler hair going on No, here? there's
1: no worm hair. It's just sort of like I didn't want this is going to get really deep into the weeds. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's all right. So I didn't want the pictures to be black, like have black lines to them because just the way art sort of works is that black and white kind of grab your eye. You know, and, you know, when you look at lower deck stuff, actually, there's not a lot of black in there. There's some on the Lacar screens, there's some on the um, on the uh, outlines, but there's a lot more really dark grays or really heavy, like really dark colors. And so in order to be able to push those those images back and not have them call more attention than the characters in the foreground, I made them kind of off color. And then that just kind of is what came out. That's all. Yeah, it yeah. Wasn't, it wasn't like pretty think, common
0: thing to have a slight blue or you know purple tint to basically black. Yeah, to make it stand out from your existing lining.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it. It, it wasn't meant to like imply Boymler being the father any more than Mariner and Boymler playing with a baby Dracula would imply.
0: <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Well, I thought that was the intent of that scene, is that they're kind of his parents. <laughs> oh,
1: that was 100% the intent of the scene. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, let's move on. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about the uh, the other characters that show up in here, because we, we do like seeing nice little um, new facets of the characters that pop up here. For Mariner, we haven't really talked about her that much. One of my favorite things in the actually, Aaron, you were mentioning this before too. The 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 spread of the Cerritos like master systems display where it shows Mariner going on her duty shift. Oh yeah, bits and pieces of yeah, so
0: she can get back to the holodeck quickly. I love that two page spread and all of the stuff it's showing her doing in that scene is just amazing because you never really see that in the series. Like, all the stuff that has to be going on in the background, even in Lower Decks, where it's Lower Decks characters, it's usually just hand-waved, where they're doing, you know, running spanners over things. But I love the fact that, like, they uh, they show her restocking supplies in escape pods. And they show her, you know, tightening giant nuts. Right, I love it.
2: And then the office space reference with the uh, the unnamed Bill Lumberg like uh, supervisor. Oh, yeah. Yes, also pretty good. Uh, was that written into the script, or is that a inclusion well, that you the was, design? You you so
1: that character was obviously written into the script, but the design was. Uh, I think he, I think he said he was drinking a coffee cup or something. And I was like, well, I know a guy who likes coffee. Yeah, he was kind of written in, or I I designed him to look like that. Yeah, all of that, most of that stuff was written in the script. But I got to tell you, there's a big difference between something being written in the script, and actually having to draw it. (laughs) (laughs) You know how hard that page, those two pages were? Oh my God. Did
2: you, were you using a reference? I don't know if we've seen a MSD that looks quite like the one that's on that. I was using a
1: reference, but it is like, they sent me the reference for it. I think Ryan had it, but I didn't copy and paste it. It was like, I rebuilt it in illustrator, So like most of the stuff that you see there, especially backgrounds and things like that. A lot of it is just redrawn or rebuilt some way, shape or form. So like, uh, what's another one? There's a point where they're in a lab and they're uh, figuring out, or they're trying to figure out how to get through the Cavanti shields. And like, that's actually a shot from one of the episodes. Like the first shot of that lab is from one of the episodes. And I just basically traced it and left out certain elements and drew in different elements. But that was pretty rare, actually. A lot of the stuff is just straight drawn out.
2: Yeah, it makes sense. So I love the I love that spread. It's especially good. Uh, so does the Lumberg character mean that uh, eyeglasses are are Starfleet? They're standard Starfleet issue.
3: Well,
2: like eyeglasses now exist. They they exist. They're in Discovery. Oh, that's there, right. Man. You're totally yeah, right.
0: And we had this yeah. conversation
1: on the on the email thread. So all of us are like me, Ryan, the assistant. Like we're all on this email thread. Uh, when we're going through this stuff, and I was like, Hey, I'm putting glasses on this guy because they were there, <laughs> they exist 600 years in the future. So obviously, they're a fashion choice, so yeah, he's getting glasses. <laughs> and everybody was like, All right,
2: <laughs> if there's a question, the benefit of having that, right. There's
1: a co- yeah. see, this is why you got to stay up on your shows, kids, because if. <laughs>
2: You have to watch Discovery, start. if not for the fashion. And they come back to you and they're yeah. just
1: like, well, they cured eye problems. You're like, no, 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 no. Look, it's 600 years <laughs> in the future. And who's that, David Kronberg or something? Like, he's got glasses. So, you know,
3: and you know what? Um, Sorry,
1: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to harp on this yeah. point, too. Because Please. they even have a conversation about it in Discovery. They're like, yeah, I don't really need these glasses. They just look good or something like that. So anyway,
2: <laughs> they they can be a fashion choice or medically required. It doesn't That's matter; right. they're canon. It's it's in.
0: I Appreciate. It.
2: <laughs> I love it. Okay, well, I want to talk about Rutherford because Rutherford's my boy. He's my favorite character, personally.
0: Oh boy, it's always about Rutherford with you, isn't it? Uh, it really is. Yeah,
2: I'm wearing my Rutherford T-shirt right now as we speak. Um, but anyway, I love that. You know, I was a little sad that Rutherford's kind of you know. It delegated to the background a bit in the first couple um, issues, but Rutherford instantly solves the mobile uh, emitter issue that plagues sentient holograms everywhere. All it takes is a backpack.
0: <laughs> I think we actually saw that in Voyager, right? The EMHs that are being used as That's miners, right. they have uh, backpacks that I thought were holographic generators.
1: Oh, God. i uh, It's been a long time since I did a rewatch through Voyager. Um, I have no idea.
2: <laughs> Still, I mean, did of so, I mean, uh, Torres put together in like two seconds, like uh, Rutherford does? What a feat of engineering genius is the point I'm trying to get at right now.
0: Or you know, it's something he's done before, and we're <laughs> going to discuss
2: why. For, yeah, you okay. know what my favorite part of that
1: is not to ring my own not to ring my own bell, but it's duct tape together.
0: Yes, the tape I love that in the detail. <laughs> You know what though? <laughs> duct tape's never gonna go away. We'll just get better versions.
1: It was my thinking, though. Okay, you ready for this? There's No duct tape. Duct tape on the hol- on the holodeck. He's not carrying around duct tape. He's not really carrying around anything except for like one tool. Where did the duct tape come from? I thought is it holographic duct tape that the emitter is actually putting out, and so it's actually <laughs> that is <duct-taping> amazing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I accept I love this it. as the new canon.
1: Thank you.
3: Although, I, appreciate I it.
0: do kind of wonder the uh, design of his mobile emitter. It, like, when I first saw it, I was all like, why does he have an Exocom?
1: Exocom? Yeah, that's immediately yeah, what yeah, I know. thought. Hold on, <laughs> me. That's me. And they yeah. actually, it actually looked more like one before. Uh, that was one of the art notes that, that Mike sent back. He was like, it looks like an Exocom. I was like, Gosh. So I,
2: I went uh, in. And, it looks like a an engineering doodad. I mean, that vaguely resembles it, an ex-o-con.
1: Yeah, but you know, if you're wondering who to blame on that one, that was me. <laughs> oh dear, now I've done for, it. They're like, "Can you can you change it?" And I was like, "No, I want to go to bed."
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, I was I was happy with the little Rutherford inclusion there. I, quite good. I know Aaron, you were excited about Ransom's inclusion.
0: I mean, ransom makes everything better. But I do have one question. Why is Ransom working out while he's chewing out Mariner? <laughs> because that's script or is that you? That's script, but it's just what that's he such does. It's a weird thing. It's just him, man. I
1: mean <laughs> sits on yoga balls and does sit-ups. I don't know.
2: I know. Was the, is the yoga ball in the show? Or yeah, is that, that was something that was Ryan added, comment? I think. I think that was
1: in the script. He was like, he's sitting on one of those yoga chair balls. And I was like, sure, hey, man, whatever you
2: want. Also great. <laughs> <laughs> and the abs through the uniform, I mean, how, how sizable must his ab muscles be to be visible? I think he just uh, has a special
0: material uniform. for his uniform tops to, uh, make sure like that they, yeah, to make sure that they show off his abs. I feel like that would be a ransom thing to do.
2: That was great. I love those little uh, rats and details. Actually,
0: got um, oh, what's his name, Jerry? I forget his last name. Uh,
1: the, the Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, they got him to read that page, like on on Instagram and stuff. I was super geeked out. I was like, Oh, oh really? Oh, yeah. Go yeah. find that. So, and then um, I did a last year. I did. They invited me to go to New York Comic Con, or um, and I painted a mural on the side of the IDW booth. I was chatting. with Yeah,
0: I, I saw that picture.
1: Yeah. I was chatting with one of the, basically the social media people, and she's like, "Oh yeah, uh, I was the one who got Jerry to do it." And I was like, "Jerry, who are you talking about?" And she was like, "Oh, Jerry O'Connell, the (laughs) guy who read your comic. Yeah, we're friends." And I was like, "Oh, that's awesome!" (laughs) So I was I was very pleased with that. I can now die, (laughs) you know, kind of happy. Like someone,
0: someone it's an interesting detail about his office ransom's office i don't know why this is suddenly coming to my mind so there's a ukulele in the background is that in the show or is that something you added
1: i added it because one he's from hawaii
0: yeah i figured that was the case so so it made me wonder
1: and two they only show uh, i mean maybe season three shows it more but they only showed like one shot maybe two shots of his office. I'm telling you, I go through all these things with a fine tooth Hoover to find like <laughs> these angles and stuff. Cause I want them to be right. And they literally show his desk with like the squat rack. And then like, they show one reverse angle of the door where there's a replicator by the door, but they don't show that other corner. So I had to make all that up. I don't know what's over there.
0: I thought it was a nice. Detail. Like I assumed it was from the show because, it tied no. into his background. But no, good ad.
1: No, this is all again, this is I've watched all these episodes at least three or four times at this point because like <laughs> I'm just desperately like, what does this look like? So there's a point where they go into an airlock and I didn't know what the interior like the airlock doors looked like. And so I and the screen caps that I was using didn't actually catch that moment and so I was like watching it and trying to pause it at the exact moment that the airlock doors opened so I could see the so it's like it's an airlock so there's like the internal doors and the external doors so I could see the ex- internal doors but I needed it to open so I could see how the external doors look like from the inside no one cares about this but I swear to god I watched that thing like 30 times to get it <laughs> paused in the right spot so I could get a screen cap just so I could watch that yeah. thing anyway. So is
0: that the scene where they're going to throw Dracula at the uh, alien vessel?
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're getting on the suits and like, I yeah, need to know right. what all that looked like. And the suits are actually inside the airlock too. So I needed to know what that looked like too. So like, this is how anal I am with this stuff. I'm like literally like, <laughs> okay, well this is here and this is how it looks here. So I have to make it as close as humanly possible. Or most people, I feel like, would just be like, "Yeah, I just, I just drew an airlock door that looks kind of Star Trekky." What's wrong with you?
0: <laughs> you know, it's funny. That that it's totally, totally worth it. That scene, though, because it ends with Cerritos going to warp, right? While three of the Warp Core Four are floating near its hull, and I feel like being that close to something that's warping space around it can't be good for you. I feel like they would be ripped to shreds <laughs> by like tidal forces or something
2: sure it begs the question how far out does the warp field extend around the cerritos right like they just barely it extends
1: enough to where uh boimler was fine <laughs>
2: yeah that's right he's fine right i feel like you
0: wouldn't want people standing on the hull though when they go to warp like that'd be a huge
2: <laughs> that's why you make of sure the initial dampers handle hang that i'm sure it's not
1: healthy for him so
2: Boimler's been through a lot, man. He's, he's sustained a it's lot. It's really the
1: 24th century. They have super medicine. And, no, it's not.
2: That's right. They turn someone back from a puppet into a that's person. Right. Like, that's true. Boimler will be fine. Find,
0: get, get some anti-rad <laughs> medication and everything's I mean, good. That's right. Janeway was a literal
1: <laughs> lizard, and she's fine. That's right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, but have we all been a lizard <laughs> at some point in our life? I mean, It depends on how much I drink, but yeah.
2: Um <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh boy we were getting uh, off track here
2: yes let's get back i, I want to mention some other stuff about some of the main cast that have some some i don't know page time screen time presence on the page Well, i
0: mean the page is on my screen because i'm reading it digitally so screen time works. yes
2: oh i see my terminology is all jacked up then but go, talking about freeman a bit uh the my favorite bit there is she canonizes the Uh, Making the mid-crisis log entry via ComBadge while horrible things (laughs) are happening. (laughs) That's pretty solid.
0: Well, I mean, if you're about to die, you want to leave a record.
2: That's true. Uh, Hopefully somebody recovers your ComBadge and, uh, you know.
0: I don't know why you died.
2: (laughs) (laughs) They've got to know. And then lastly, Dr. Ta'ana.
0: Oh, God. You know, it's a questionable judgment the, by, by Captain bit, Freeman there. You know, I'd rather just forget that, that ever happened. <laughs> Maybe we should. I wasn't going
2: to. Yeah. Well, first off, let me say that why would you bring her ever on on a diplomatic away mission? I feel like that's just like, yeah, she's awesome. awesome. Not
0: built for <laughs> diplomacy. Yeah.
2: I mean, she is awesome. Don't get me wrong, but uh, you know, but I don't know. You're you're talking about the furry joke. I don't want to here? talk
0: about the furry joke.
2: You talk about that one.
0: It is very well written, but like, I just love the creepin' dude is just, oh wow. He's dude just... is a
2: joke? Yeah.
1: What? Something awakened in him.
0: Yes. <laughs> I'm kink shame. You know what, I'm not here, yeah, uh, it's true, I'm not here to kink yeah. shame. I mean, I'll always find furries weird, but you know, to each their own. I love how everybody else is just kind of looking at him as he's like really excited about this, and they're like, uh, what, dude?
1: My one my one addition to that was everybody else is looking at him like he's crazy, except there's one dude in the back. Oh, he's, he's like, got
0: the smile. Yeah, the smile. I, I get it, man. He's all I like, get it. yeah.
2: <laughs> so, anyway. That was solid. You know, some of the other ones are probably acting, you know. It's, it can you know, be pretty common. Who knows?
1: You let your freak fly, fly, but, you know, there's always at least one other. Or, there's always at least one other.
2: <laughs> You're absolutely right. Uh, let's see. Any other of the main cast? I think like everyone gets a little something. Shaxx we kind of already talked about as his like, you know, gleeful beating up of the Yen- Yentoa um, that like is only rivaled by the actual ejection of the Warp Core yes. <laughs> that most recent oh, season that. of. Uh, I do the Lower love Dex. Uh,
0: Freeman's facial expression when he's going to town. She's like, eh, okay. <laughs>
2: He talk oh, no, expression he's she's, like, "Ah, oh, yeah, that's a man." <laughs> he's getting a little, uh, a little yeah. revved up there. Yeah. <laughs> My head cannon for that, that was, was like
1: when they're going down on the, uh, like to the planet, like to Anna and uh, and Shax. This is total head cannon, so this is, no one wrote this in the script. I was just looking, like they're sure. kind of on the rocks, like they might have fought or something before they got in the ship or something. Sure. And then once, like he like beat the crap out of all those people, she was like, "Oh yeah, I get it."
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love the uh, the the Hannibal Lecter style restraints that go on.
0: That was
1: also a me edition. Uh,
0: That's funny. Like my (laughs) first read through, I never made the connection. Right, and I don't know why, because it's very obvious. Like the further into you you go, because like initially you're seeing him like half obscured or from the back, and. Like, right. but by by the third comic, in. it's just you very clearly see it. But for some reason, I was not picking up on that art angle there.
1: You know, he he's only shown <laughs> like that like two or three times or something. Yeah. So it's and he's never really the focus yep. of any of the panels. So like, it's very easy to miss. But it yeah. wasn't intentionally like that. Like, I didn't intend for people to kind of miss it. But I, while well, I was reading through again, because you know that's what I do. I draw things and then I go through and I read through again and I'm like, Oh, I'm so good. I'm so awesome. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes, you know, you do that. Cause you're like, Oh, I missed a pip there. I gotta go fix that. But like <laughs> I was reading through and I was like, Oh yeah, this is not, it's not front and center the way I kind of thought it would be, but it's still pretty funny. So, Oh, well.
0: Yeah. I mean, especially since like the views of him restrained like that are so spread out. Right. It's yeah. the same scene but like they're, you know, 10 pages apart. Yeah. It's pretty well done.
2: You know, the fact that it's the uh the Cavanti that restrained him, like they must have like seen Shax beat up like 20 Yentoa guys and just watched and then showed up and then were like, yeah. "Okay, we got to restrain Shax. <laughs> just put that. I mean, it mind. was more than 20.
1: I think the <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> yeah, yeah, is
2: the other body count there. I think I- <laughs> They all showed up. That counts. I sat you.
1: down and counted how many people were on those pages once because I was like, why are these pages taking me so long? Oh, oh, because in these two pages, there's 30 people. What's wrong with me? <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, it's I appreciate the sacrifice because you got to show Shaq's at his best. in his Yeah, ovens. well,
1: my but wife is less <laughs> She's like.
2: are you ever going to stop working why aren't you sleeping why aren't you sleeping
0: (laughs) go to bed it's three in the morning (laughs) speaking of the Cavanti, though were the Cavanti your design or was that something you were given
1: Uh, i think it was my design i think i think it said something about them being blue or something i don't remember but it was i don't know it was kind of like i need an alien like i didn't think about it too much i was like uh, they have weird ears and head ridges, and that's pretty Star Trekky. Yeah, they're a weird color.
0: Yeah, I mean, they definitely fit in with foreheads of the week from the series.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what I was going for, and you know, honestly, that's kind of what they do on lower decks too. I don't, I don't know how much they go into like extreme designs, especially if it's just going to be yeah. like a background character or
0: something. And that's something a lot of the newer series are doing. They're trying to create more out-there aliens, you know, like Strange New yeah. Worlds has really updated the Gorn look. You see, you know, well, actually, you know, Saurians you'd seen before, but they're, you know, front and center, and they have a new design in, uh, in Discovery.
1: With Strange New Worlds, I thought the Gorn design, it was really bold that they took the wire mesh out of their mouth. I thought that was a really integral part of their original design. From the original series.
2: Um, <laughs>
0: sorry, it. Nope, it's uh, all good. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> you guys are probably just like sitting there, like, "What is he
0: talking about?" Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. There's a brief moment <laughs> <probably> where <laughs> you're like, the the got there?" Oh, what? You got there? Come on! Oh, come on, man! Come on! <laughs> I just, I, I think the uh, oh. the loss of the slow punch is uh, really just, I mean. Yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't be Gorn if you don't move, you know, at a glacial yeah. pace.
1: I watched. I tried to do a, a TOS rewatch, and I was watching that episode, and I was like, what? Did Shatner never get in a fight <laughs> with anyone? Yep. What is going on? Did he never, like, watch a boxing match, like, once?
3: You know, but that's, that's a big thing
0: that you see in Star Trek, <laughs> is just their weird melee combat scenes. The double, the double hand, hand punches, punch, and the, uh, the double kicks. You know, and it's like I get what they're going for with it, but it's <laughs> like, man, if you don't have the physicality to do a really good flying kick, just don't do it. You just look ridiculous.
1: Yeah, and I don't know. I was just like,
2: why? Why is this so bad?
0: That's <laughs> yeah, a lot of Tos, unfortunately.
2: Yeah. Hey, that's classic. It's classic. It got, us to, it got us to where we day. are
0: today, so you know, can't complain too. Much. <laughs> that's so like right. I said,
1: it's hard to go backwards. Like I think I watched Enterprise before yes. I watched Voyager. And Enterprise oh, yeah. came out, you know, a few years later. The CG was more put together. Like the design or the set designs and the the alien makeup and stuff just looked
0: a little bit better. Voyager was very all over the place in its quality, right? Yeah. Like that, the original pilot was like, it had this like movie quality to it. It was such high production values, great concepts, you know, good story, good acting. Visuals were great. And then like every episode after that is like a TOS Planet of the Hats episode. And you're like, what is going on here?
1: Yeah. The one that struck me was like there's like a in one of the later seasons. There's like a alien creature thing that they keep running into, and it was all CGI.
0: Oh yeah, and no.
1: They just reuse the same like thirty second clip or like five second clip of it like again and again episode yep. after episode, and I was just like, yeah, this was Oof. not meant to be binged. This was meant to be yeah. watched.
0: <laughs> creature CG in Voyager was cat. not great. Yeah.
1: No. And then they're like, for TOS, like, they've updated all the, all the space fights and all the space stuff now, too. It's like paper mache sets, and then you have, like, this, you know, kind of competently put together 3D model. And I'm like, huh, why didn't they just, if they had the technology, why didn't they just do this with the rest of the show? This is I'm doing.
0: willing to bet that we'll see uh, yeah. AI bots that can take a series and, like, upscale it to look modern eventually. It'll be interesting to see once that sort of tech rolls out.
1: I I just don't want them to. Like, I think things just kinda have to sit in their own timeline. It's part of the issue with like I mean, the Star Wars special not to reopen 20 year old wounds at this point, but like the special edition stuff I think it did a good thing in, in the sense that it it made the prequels and the the original trilogy they feel more uniform you know But the problem with it is just like those those were made at a point in time when they had a certain level of technology and they had flaws and they had all this stuff why not just i i know it's it looks cheap now but like just keep it or at least have some way to where people can see it even if it's only for like the yeah. hyper you know the hyper nerd curious person
2: Erasing the old yeah, versions is kind of weird, right? You kind of want to, sometimes just want to see what the yep. old one was like.
1: Yeah. And yeah. so many of the additions, like they changed the editing. They did a lot of weird stuff, not just Han shooting first. Like they did a lot of weird stuff in the special editions, especially on that first movie that changed it a whole lot. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Like in some parts, it's not even really the sure. same movie.
2: A discussion for another time. I'm going to try and reel us back to talk. Yeah, about what's going the, on here,
0: Stavros? Uh,
2: comics is supposed to be uh, uh, job, keeping right? us
0: on task here, buddy. <laughs> Not even talking about Star Trek anymore. We're talking about Star Wars. I know. I know. Long podcast.
2: I'm sorry. <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> but no, we've we've done
2: we've covered a whole lot about the comics. I don't know, Chris. Do you, kind of go over to you. Do we? Did we miss anything obvious that? you know you really liked about the comic that we haven't really talked that much about or you know any any opinions i have that are completely wrong about
1: well like the, the uh the collars on the capes are the exact same height in every panel <laughs> what you're yeah I, no, I have no um,
0: idea no idea yeah. where he's getting that i'm sorry dude i think he's just <laughs> trying to take you down a peg because he can't do artwork
2: it's all right wow maybe that is true um, I can't do art.
0: You know, not really.
1: Uh, I mean, I drew the series, so everything in there is kind of my baby. But sure. you guys are talking a lot on uh, issues two and three, but not a lot on, like, issue one, the the holodeck hmm. stuff.
2: Yeah, the Enterprise bridges, even. I assume that was a lot of work to recreate all those bridges. Yes.
1: Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> I, rec- I had to figure out what they all look like, and then they all had to be shot from the yeah. same angle. And, yeah. Yeah, that was a lot yeah. of work. And you know what? The bridge of the Enterprise from Enterprise, like the, the ins, what is it? The very first one, I forget what it's called, before the, when, like the ABC designations, not right. the...
0: You're talking about the, the NS NS one? one? Yeah. yeah.
1: That guy. Yeah. It changes.
0: It changes like throughout the, the series. series. Yep, they redress yeah. it midway through.
1: Do you know how frustrating that is to find reference? <laughs> And you're just like, I Oof. need a picture of this bridge. And it's I like, it imagine. changes. Yep. And then I looked up screen caps and there's no real good screen caps just of the, of the bridge. Anyway, so I drank a lot that day. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that briefing room, is it the briefing room at the back just kind of disappears one day or what is, what are the changes? Am I op- reopening wounds No,
1: here? I, I don't even know. Like they changed the color of it and then like certain like girders, like, like, steel bars, like, appear and disappear, and, like... If
0: I recall correctly, originally there was a bunch of, like, stand-up displays around the bridge, and there was, like, a slightly different layout to, like, the comm chair that later became, like, the science chair, and yeah. they, like, they just changed a whole bunch of that. I think it was, like, in the Zindi arc, I want to say? I don't remember. Where they, they just pulled out a lot of those... They're basically like columns, right, throughout the bridge, and I think they kind of yeah, wanted to create this. There's columns. Yeah, they want they wanted to create a feeling of this low tech, right? Like these are, you know, like modern. I don't even know how to describe it. I think they're, they're not a,
1: like columns. There. They're like scaffolding. Almost. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. And like some yeah. of them have display screens on them. And I think the idea they were going for was they wanted it to feel claustrophobic and like kind mm-hmm. of like. This isn't a top-of-the-line starship built on these design schemes that have been laid out for generations now. This is like, it was put together and things had to be changed because they didn't really work and all that stuff.
1: Yeah. But it just makes it really hard to make it identifiable as the bridge when the bridge that is not identifiable in and of itself. Yeah. So, Yeah. It's it's kind of like a it's like the TARDIS it like changes by you know season by season.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So anyway,
2: sounds frustrating. Well, you know what I really loved about that scene was the the seven little mini enterprises. Yeah, that was
1: another thing that made me want to kill my. uh, No, made me want to you know drink a lot. You know
2: what? It's I don't know if it's the coloring or like. I, I kind of wanted to call them like little chibi proportions or something. Like on some of them, the secondary holes are like kind of cutely big or something. I desperately want high res versions. Oh. Do they exist?
1: Uh, I I probably have them on my, uh, my computer somewhere. <laughs> great. But I love them. Yeah. <laughs> I'll send you the high res for my Dropbox. <laughs> I think it's literally like 300 megabytes or something. Uh, <laughs> that's about right. like, I love it. Yeah. That was, that was tough too. Cause some of those ship, I think it's the Sea, the one from yesterday's Enterprise.
2: Yeah. Right.
0: They
1: don't have very many shots of that one.
0: Yeah, it's kind it's of, like, they call it the it, Forgotten Enterprise.
1: Yeah. It's literally in that episode and it really doesn't show up ever again as far as I know.
0: Which is weird because they did a yeah. whole ship model for it and they have tons of episodes where there's other ships they encountered. You think they would have reused it, but they never do.
1: Yeah. Not really. And I got to
2: tell you, that's a really cool looking
0: ship too.
2: Isn't one of the, one of the uh, additional designs for the Enterprise D?
0: Yes. Uh, I don't or something like that? I think so. I think it took elements from like some of the original concept art, but I think it was its own mm. ship.
1: But I really like that one. Cause it has these big fat nacelles. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought they were cool looking. I don't know. Huh.
2: That's great. You, have you done a lot of, I don't know what to call it. I like guess ship art is sort of its own nope. field, right? It's.
1: <laughs> nope. Big secret, I hate drawing technology.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, and those are not models. Those ones are not models. I painted those.
2: They're just painting. Wow. One of those. that's crazy. Yeah. That's some dedication. Uh,
1: yeah, that was a lot. By the way, B, the Excelsior. Oh, that's an ugly ship.
0: Looks like Thank you! Sport. Thank that's you! Nobody agrees with me on this. They're like the Excelsior oh We're gonna make the internet. A mad that. It's a wonderful. It's the care. best design in all of Star Trek. And I'm like, <laughs> it's garbage. It's bulgy in all the wrong ways. It looks like a plucked goose. <laughs> oh, it's horrible.
1: I feel like if Starfleet was like, hey, we're gonna relaunch the Love Boat, that's the ship that they would use. <laughs>
0: they <could go> with- <laughs> Oh, it is it is like the most weirdly put together, just ugliest ship. And I'm just like, why? It works for the original concept when it first appeared. It was this experimental test bed vehicle. And it visually sells that. But then it becomes the next Enterprise. And you're like, oh, no, it's horrible looking. But people love it. And it shows up all yeah. the time, too.
2: shows up in Next Gen. It's, it's like a workhorse the of the Spirit. fleet.
0: And I hate yeah. it.
2: Right.
1: Yeah, and and then um I don't really care for the E either. Not not my favorite ship.
0: All right, get right the fuck off yes. my podcast. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Actually, that's not no, true. No. Uh, I
0: I'm I'm a D guy. D yeah. is by far my favorite Enterprise. He's
1: my friend. Uh, I like D. D's yep. my a. That's that's weird to say it like that. But <laughs> yeah. I like the Enterprise D. Yes, yes. that's better.
2: Yes. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Can
0: we cut that out, please. <laughs> yeah, no, nope, that's going right up on Twitter. Thank you.
2: Yeah, no, like I think there's there's solid. It's because a lot of the episode, um, issue one is the Dixon Hill Enterprise yeah. hologram yeah. scene. So, yeah, and
1: by yeah. the way, a lot of reference went into that
2: stupid
0: office too. Yep.
2: Oh, yeah, the Dixon Hill office, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, as far as, like, variety of locations, like, the first issue must have been, like, a nightmare to draw compared to the subsequent ones.
1: It's a lot, dude. I mean, because it's, like, it starts with Bridge, and then it goes to, like, the Dixon Hill thing, and then they do, like, she pops out with all seven of the Enterprises, and then, like, they do three different Bridges of different Enterprises, and then they go to... Old London, which yeah, also is heavily referenced from that Moriarty episode. And that's not even including, like, coming up with stuff for the Cavanti world and the planet itself and a bunch of other stuff. So, yeah, that was a very hard issue to draw just based on, like, reference and, like, all that stuff. And, like I said, again, like, all this stuff I'm meticulously researching because I want it to look right. I don't want it to look like something I made up want it to feel like something that would be in star trek and like when lower decks does it they have a whole team of people doing backgrounds and stuff and when i do it it's me and my laptop and (laughs) probably some podcast
2: and some some approvers that want to tell you uh you know look over your shoulder too sure helps
1: (laughs) but i'll be honest though like the trek fans have been really good like I've only had like one or two people and be like, Hey, this is kind of a weird thing. Is this, is this Canon? The the colors on the capes are, is that one's higher than the other? Is that Canon? Is
2: that (laughs) Canon? Yeah. Never going to live this down. (laughs) Oh, that's great. I think, I, I mean, seriously though, the attention to detail, I mean, like we said, right at the beginning of the show, like all of this looks straight out of the show.
0: I do love the fact that the comic series even has a cold open. It's a comic book. Yeah. But they still <laughs> did a cold open anyways.
1: Good. Again, that's all Ryan, man. Yeah. That's all Ryan. He's a he's a legit genius.
0: So do you think this is gonna be a uh yeah. backdoor pilot here? You think they're gonna do more of this? How do you mean like more lower decks? More lower decks comics. Oh, uh
1: yes. I think they will do more lower decks, and that is all I will say. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We're on NDA territory here, but I can't. We're, we can't say no to more Lord. It's
1: not NDA so much, but I think uh, my editor has a sniper trained on my window.
2: Oh, um, like a that's
1: uh, a little red dot actually yeah. on my forehead, and I don't know where it's coming from.
3: The
2: second you say the wrong yeah. thing, yeah, so not good. But
1: uh, yes, I think they will do more lower decks, and that is all I'm going to say.
2: Okay. Uh, Glad to hear it.
1: It did really well, and people seem to really like it. So yeah,
2: I hope there's a lot of people like me out there where they haven't, well, not cake, cake criticizing me, but you know, non comic book me who's, you know, not really into reading comics, but they're going to get into it for the um, because it it does look legit, you know, like I said, and it, it it sells it. So again,
1: that was kind of the point. Like I didn't want, yeah. I mean, I know you guys aren't, like, super comic guys, but, like, a lot of times you get these licensed books, especially for
0: Star
2: Trek, where... A
0: lot of them are not great. I, yeah.
2: They're not good, but... Is it art-wise, or I the they don't, or both? It kind
0: of, they, they, they don't feel like the sheer, the shows, right? That's that's what don't I get feel from like it. the
1: shows. And you can kind of tell... Mm. And this isn't... This hasn't really been with IDW, but, like, the license has been DC, it's been with Marvel, it's been all over the place. But, like... I kind of tell they just hired a random artist and the artist either was not that interested in Trek or you know, some of it was like when they were drawn in the mid nineties or something, there wasn't all that reference that was easily attainable. It just sort mm. of didn't feel, it, it never really captured the show. And that was my whole goal from the word go. It was like, I want this book to be as close as I can possibly get it. to The show I want people to walk in the store, look at it on the shelf and be like, that is as close as they could get it. Like that is the show as best as this one dude on his laptop could get it. And this is both a, I I say that both for praise and as a, as a defense.
0: Well, and I mean like it really does succeed on that front on just about every level. The layout of the story, like I said, is very much the structure you would see in an episode The artwork is very on point as far as being same basic style as the show, even in like details and then the writing, like they really do capture the voice of the characters very well.
1: And again, like I don't think that's anything that I ever said directly to Ryan or he ever said directly to me, but like when I read that first outline, I was like, no, this is the tone of the show. He's doing the show. And so that's what we have to do. We have to do the show, or, or else it's not going to work. If it sounds like the show but doesn't look like the show, it's not going to work. If it looks like the show but doesn't sound like the show, it's not going to work. It has to be as close as we could get it. And yeah, I, I think that was just kind of an unspoken thing, that the unspoken goal that everybody sort of had from from the word jump.
2: Yeah, successfully done. <laughs> Is there anything else that we neglected to mention, Chris, that you you want to draw our attention to? I mean, I
1: could go panel by panel if you want. I mean,
0: yeah, I'm not sure that's, strictly speaking, necessary. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff on that castle yeah. I want to point out.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. All the details, yeah. Uh,
0: nah, man, I think you guys have covered it. Uh, yeah. We went to, okay. uh, pretty in-depth there.
2: Well, uh, Chris, do you want to uh, tell people on the internet how to get a hold of you if they want to, and tell you about how all the caps, the capes are, in fact, the same no. thing? <laughs> <laughs>
1: right, so, all right, not to make this long podcast longer, but I did another cover for the 400th Trek issue, and it was like all these characters. I think it was like 26 characters it, drawn in like lower deck style on this cover. And it's a bunch of jokes and a bunch of weird stuff, like Shacks and and Wharf, like arm wrestling and stuff. And one of them is, uh, Tom Paris, like hugging on the board queen. And I literally got messages <laughs> on Twitter, and they were like, "Why would you do this to Tom Paris? He's very devoted to Belana oh, Torres." No. And I was just like, "I promise, <laughs> he's not going to be mad. They don't exist. These are not real people."
2: i swear Oof. to you
1: <laughs> she's not gonna care in the least <laughs>
2: people people get really passionate about I got these like four things, or five yeah. of
1: these people like coming at me for this and i was like
0: yikes God. yikes, no yikes is right jesus <laughs>
1: anyway so if you want to yeah. yell at me for you know making tom paris hang out with the board queen it's at chris finolio i'm pretty much all everything instagram twitter Macedon, I guess, I don't know. I don't use that anymore. Hive, whatever.
2: Well, thanks so much for coming out. We really appreciate you uh, giving us the inside look on uh, how a lot of this stuff was done. It's definitely well done. Thanks for having me, guys. Aaron, I think we're close to being done here.
0: We'll never be done, Stavros. Never.
2: Not as long as the show's still on the air.
0: It's going to be on the air for all of time. Someday we'll be (laughs) old men sitting in a retirement home teeth and glasses as we gum into the mic but in the meantime you can find us on twitter at lower dorks or if you're so inclined you might be able to find one stavros with his art set if you ask him he might just draw you like one of his french girls